Welcome, my friend. I am so glad you're here to, to listen to this episode of I Get To. We have a very special guest. It's Emily Grace Miller from her new podcast, It Starts With You. I will link descriptions down below. I promise you're going to love this podcast. She is all about taking the word of God and actually using it to move forward instead of letting it go in one ear and out the other. She's all about starting where you are with what you have to make the best of your life, not just for yourself, but as a servant to your family, your loved ones, to God. She is so full of light and wisdom and beauty and power. And I am so glad to have her here today and for you to get to meet her and get to know her. So make sure that you check out her stuff in the links below. But first, listen to this episode that we recorded together for you. I cannot wait to hear what you think of this episode. They keep telling us to enjoy it while they're young, but our days are filled with chaos and stress and cooking and endless laundry piles. Where's the time to enjoy anything? Yeah, that's what I always thought too. There's so much I have to do. When do I find time for peace and joy and happiness when I barely have time to sleep? Mama, it's time for a shift. You can be a happy mom. Yeah, it's possible. If I can, you can. Trust me. I've been a mess. I've been depressed. I've been overwhelmed. I've been to the bottom of the pits. And I've risen. I've grown. I've bloomed. And it all started when I realized I didn't have to anything. I get to. It is my privilege and my honor and my divine responsibility to be the queen of my home. It's not a burden. I'm not the janitor and the lunch lady. I'm in charge. I'm the ruler. I'm the chaos coordinator. I'm the calm in the storm. I don't have to anything. I get to. And so do you. So let's rise, mamas. Adjust your crown. Accept your responsibility and change the effing world. It's all in the way you choose to see it. You're listening to I Get To, the podcast with Brittany Clarkson. That's me. Hi friends, I am so, so very excited to introduce you guys today to my good friend, Emily Grace Miller from her podcast, It Starts With You. I am so glad to have her finally here to talk with you guys. She was supposed to be my first guest on this podcast, but our schedules have conflicted and this is finally the first time we're able to sit down and really record this for you. So very excited. Yes. Hi, Emily. Go ahead. And Hi. Hi. Hi, I'm Emily Grace Miller, as she already said, and um, let's, I have two kids. I'm married. I homeschool. I travel with my family in a 43 foot trailer, travel trailer for my husband's career while we chase our goals. That's, that's about his nutshell. So I can put it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, so today we're going to chat a bit on how to show up for our kids while our marriage is kind of struggling. Uh, Cause you know, 
that happens. Nobody's marriage is perfect. And how do we balance motherhood when things aren't going well everywhere else? Right. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, well, I used to say unfortunately, but honestly, fortunately, I've I've gone through the unfortunate circum- circumstance of experiencing that but fortunately I've learned some things along the way (laughs) so I hope I hope to be able to help other people if they ever go through something like this because your marriage is the foundation of your home if mom and dad are not good the house is not good I do not believe in a happy wife a happy life I believe in a happy spouse a happy house and um it takes both people wanting that for your home. And, um, for a long time, I didn't feel like Jesse and I were on that same page, actually. Um, I, as I was just telling you earlier, like I was the one that saw the problems. He just thought that we had a, he thought we had a great marriage. We just fought a lot. And I'm like, no, (laughs) that's not going for a quality life here. And, um, so, I also had one kiddo for eight years until we had our second. And that was actually a huge, huge thing. So our oldest, Chloe, it was, was a surprise baby. We um, weren't married yet. We um, weren't together very long when we got pregnant. And, but we, so we, we had to get to know each other fast and we had to grow up fast. We were, I was 19 when I got pregnant, 20 and he was 21 when we had her. And so when you go through, I mean, I, every couple knows that there's, there's the drought years, you know, there's the drought years, there's the, the, uh, the abundant years, you know, and to be honest, in a lot of ways, I, for the first we just celebrated 11 years of being together. And, um, it wasn't until like the last six months that I've seen real honest, like honest to God change. And so, um, before that it was a lot of, it, it, it was, ah, it was rough. It was, it was rough. Um, but showing up for my kit, for my daughter was like the most important thing, but with the struggling marriage came the men and struggling with my depression. I learned in the beginning was because of our marriage. And I, I learned early on too, in my, with my depression that my depression usually gets triggered by circumstantial. Mm-hmm. So it's not, and that's where I'm just like, you know, for my depression, I can manage it. I can manage it by, you know, being careful who I surround myself with, you know, not surrounding myself with, um, emotional vampires is what I call them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being mindful of what I'm putting into my body. I'm not perfect. There are days I'm guilty of where ice cream sounds so much better than, eating the salad, you know, and I've given in. (laughs) Um, but I've also learned to, you know, how to take care of myself when your husband's not in support of what you need to do to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm a huge advocate for doing it anyway. You know, um, there was, you know, showing up for your kids when, when you don't feel like your spouse is showing up for you in the way that you're craving, Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because you just, you want to stay in victim mode. You want to stay in that. Um, it's not my fault. I'm this way, but at the end of the day, I just told my dad this, be a weed, grow anywhere. Like that was my motto actually for the longest time. Like I want to be a weed. I want to be able to grow in the crack of cement, you know, that just inconveniently grows in the middle of your driveway. And I want to be able to thrive no matter my circumstances. And that's, that's how I got where, where I'm at today is because I knew that if I stayed in that victim mindset of, well, it's his fault. I'm this way. I was never going to get anywhere. I was never going, I was giving him so much power over the quality of life I was going to have. And people were always telling me, well, you can't get better in an environment that's breaking you. And I'm like, well, pretty sure I was broken before we came into the relationship because I wouldn't have attracted the mess I'm in, you know, like with our thoughts, you know, and, and when you're young and starting out building a life young together, marriage is a lot of dying to yourself. And so there was a lot of Um, And I'm a huge advocate for keeping the peace. I believe that God's going to bless you if you keep the peace. Um, So I spent a lot of time just trying to keep the peace. And by doing that, I was brushing a lot of stuff under the rug, which isn't healthy and is not what we are called to do, you know. But at the same time, neither Jesse or I were at a place where we were ready to deal with those situations that were coming up to us. So... I learned real quick in the motherhood journey that no one could take care of her. Jesse was gone all the time and who was going to take care of her if I wasn't there. So I knew I had to get serious about taking care of my mental health and get serious about um, thinking of her, thinking of somebody other than myself, which is so hard to do when you're paralyzed with depression when you go through a stent of where you're stuck on the couch for what feels like, you know, weeks at a time because you physically can't move because your brain is so depleted, you know, that, you know, um, and so I learned real quick too, that to be mindful of what you put into your brain. So I focused a lot on, um, listening to, um, a lot of pastors, but just any podcast or YouTube that I could get my hands on that was going to be feeding truth mm-hmm. into my brain. So that's what I was dwelling on all day. You know, so that's what I was keeping my mind on. And I also didn't want Chloe to see me struggling, not saying it's bad to let, like, let your kids, I mean, let your kids see you struggle, but let them watch you get better. Yeah, I was gonna say, so let them see you dwelling in the bad place. Let them see you mm-hmm. right, right, exactly. And that's what I was determined that Chloe was gonna watch me 
I was damned if she's going to have the childhood of watching her mom be paralyzed on the couch. That was not the life she was going to have. And so I just kind of started putting myself out there. I think Chloe was three when I made my first mom friend on my own. Like I put, I met a friend in the community that we're a part of and um, we, our daughters hit it off and they're still best friends to this day. And so, and her and I are still close and it definitely that was like the first step to me busting out of that shell of like, okay, it's time to get help. But it was still another seven years before I felt like the the shifts I was trying to make really, really worked. Or I, I was reaping, I was finally reaping what I'd been sowing for the last, you know, seven eight to eight years. And so, yeah, yeah it was, it's hard but it can be done and you can heal in an environment that you, that is potentially harming you because sometimes if, and that was another thing that I, that I remember praying, I was like, God, either get fix this or give me the strength to walk away. Either way, I have to get better before I make a decision. Because if I made the decision to leave because of the, because of whatever, because of the issues that we were dealing with on in our relationship, the society said was abuse and society said was narcissistic and society said this, that, and the other. I knew who that man was. I knew his heart. God had shown me his heart enough times. I was like, this is not the man that I fell in love with. This is not the man, you know, mm-hmm. even the, yes. And I say fell in love with, yes, I fell in love with him within a six month span. Yes, I did. I, I was that girl, you know, <laughs> but, um, I learned real quick that love is a choice and there are times I didn't like him, but you have to believe that love can conquer all. And I refuse to give up on that. I refuse to give up on like, this is our life. And I thank God every day that we've had the the growth that we've had um, because now and I know that if I wouldn't have uh, gotten through being under control of my depression, I I don't know if we would have been able to get through the stuff that we've gotten through because I was so weak mentally, Yeah, you know? Um, I think it really is true what they say is that you can never fully love someone else until you learn to love yourself when you're just caught in that trap of depression, there's no way you can prioritize a relationship with someone else Mm -mm. when you're hurting that kind of way. Right. And there's, um, and he never really understood the whole depression thing in there. And he would get home and I would like feel better because he was gone all the time during the week. And so I would feel better. But then when he would get home, or when he'd get home, I would feel better, but then I would also feel, um, it was real quick before our issues would arise in the, in the relationship. And I'm like, I'm better off when you're gone. Like, but then he would leave and then I'd get stuck in my head and then I get, (laughs) it was a vicious cycle. So, So, yeah, it, um, but I do have to say that if, if you have hope in your marriage and you refuse to give up on your marriage, find friends who support that 
because I lost friends for staying with him. I lost friends for saying, I choose this man. I chose for better, for worse, and sickness and health till death do us part. I chose to figure this hellhole out. I fit, I, sorry, but I, that was, yeah, we're imperfect, but I refuse to let divorce be an option as much as I, and, and I say that, but I let my mind go there a lot. And that's another thing like, you have to nip that in the butt. You cannot live you can't live with that as, as an op, like in the back of your mind, you can't live with it as an option. You really have to be like, Nope. I said, I wasn't going to use that as an, that was not an option for me. I'm not going there. And that you really have to train your brain to not use as an option, you know? That's so true. So like through a lot of my depression, there's been times where I've like attacked my own marriage where there was nothing wrong. I just, I don't know, needed to cause drama and whatnot or needed like something to blame for why it, yeah, it was. Or I just had like no capability of actually feeling the emotions of love because I had just built up such a wall and like pushed down every kind of emotion and feeling. And in those times, what kept me from like running away, because that's usually my go-to is I'm just going to run away. Mine from too. <laughs> yep. What kept me from ever like considering that as an option to my marriage was how many cultures for how many years has prearranged marriages worked for people? Like there doesn't have to be the feeling of love. It doesn't have to be there in order for you to stick by your commitment. Right. And to learn to be happy alongside someone else. Right. Yeah. Like you can still show up That's- and be like, even if you're just not feeling so romantically in love with the person, it doesn't have to be a fairy tale right. feeling. Right. And that's so funny you say that because I don't, I know this sounds so silly, but that's kind of the same narrative I gave. I told myself too, is sometimes love comes softly. Have you read those books or watched those movies of love comes softly? They're like, oh. supposed to be like Western movies. It's a novel. Oh. It's like a romance okay. Western novel thing. Something I totally read in high school. And I watch one of the movies and they're like, and she said, well, sometimes love just comes softly because she was not in love with this man that she married out of do like to take care of her and her son, mm-hmm. you know, like it was. And so a hundred percent, like I fully agree that the choice to choose the action of love will your heart and your mind will catch up. So mm-hmm. love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long suffering. Love is not judgmental. Love does not empty. Love does not get jealous. All those things. If you practice, I just, the way I saw it was if you practice those things with where you're at, with your husband, when, when they don't deserve it. And that's the yeah. secret is when they quote unquote, don't deserve it. Cause they're usually it's the ones that don't deserve love that need it the most. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember thinking, okay, if I can practice what love is, then the feeling will follow. It's kind of like practicing gratitude before you fully feel thankful. Mm-hmm. Practice yeah. gratitude and being feeling thankful will follow, you know, right. and 100% like Jesse and I both had so much childhood stuff to work through so much, you know, and we were, and that's the thing is like, we weren't awful. We just had awful habits. We had awful yeah. Yeah. We just had awful ways of communicating. And 
I will say my friendships, my faith, my friendships is the first two things for sure is what got me through those years. So like, if you are in a situation where your marriage is struggling and you're raising kids, find a friend and just one or two friends. Cause I find that less is more when it comes to the friendship mm-hmm. department, especially when you're going through something. Cause yeah. you don't want to go around always talking about your problem to everybody. You know, you don't yeah. want to be that person in town that's like, Oh, here comes Emily, her and her problems. You know, mm-hmm. you, that's not pretty. Um, and also let your kids see you loving your spouse through it all, because they're seeing both sides. They're seeing how you're reacting. They're seeing how they're reacting. They're watching it. They're getting a front row seat of it. So let them see you breaking chains. Let them see you break the habits. Let them see you be like, oh, wow, mom didn't respond. You know, oh, wow, mom usually freaks out. Mom didn't, you know, they'll see Mm -hmm. it. They'll catch on, you know. And then also, I know it sounds crazy, but focusing on taking care of your body, like what you're eating, drinking water, getting exercise. Yeah, And just doing, and I say doing things for yourself, but just take care of yourself. You know, make sure you're showering all the time. (laughs) Make sure you're washing your hair more than once a week. Make sure you're, if you need a bath to unwind, to cleanse your, take a bath. If you need to take a shower and just cry, cry it out. You know, if, but make sure you're also spending time with people that are going to lift you up and give you encouragement, give you enthusiasm for life. And at the end of the day, if God has asked you to go through something like this, he will bring you what you need to get through it mm-hmm. every time, every time. So I don't know if that helps, but absolutely. Okay. So we said, it sounds like the way to um, continue showing up for kids when we feel like we're struggling here is do what it takes to not fall into the traps of depression. Take care of yourself. Get sleep, drink water, take yep. a break. Yep. Don't practice depression and depression's habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't isolate. And yeah, don't think you have to do it on your own. Because you don't. Absolutely. You don't lean into that divine wisdom, lean into friendships. Good stuff. I wanted to add something earlier when you mentioned about being a weed growing in difficult places. A lot of people tend to forget or just never realize that weeds are not just like ugly, unwanted flowers. Weeds, like specifically dandelions, most weeds tend to be like medicine like dandelions are good for heart health yes that's so So, true people might look at you and think ew get that out of here like actually you're here to help yes yes definitely grow like a weed yes and be useful even when others don't see it yes absolutely and have faith just keep the hope keep hope don't give up if you're in a if you're in a journey in a, a season of your marriage you feel like your marriage has no it's it's over but it's not in your heart hang on to that hang on to that string of hope because 
I believe something beautiful can come from a mess. Absolutely. hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. I'm going to say thank you for coming on today. Yes, thank you for having me. I can't wait to inevitably have you back. <laughs> I know. I'm excited too. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of I Get To. It really does mean the world to me to have you here. But are you ready to take this a step farther? Check the description below this episode and grab the Happy Mom Mindset mini guide. It's totally free to you and it's not just for moms, by the way. Then hop onto Instagram. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Share your screenshot. Tag me, Britt Clarkson. And if any part of this has resonated with you, I so, so appreciate if you'd leave me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really is just the only way podcasts get seen. And then share this on social, text it to your bestie. You're part of a movement now. We're here to change the minds of moms everywhere. It doesn't have to be just this hard, hot mess thing anymore. We get to enjoy our lives, guys. Let's go.